Welcome and thank you for joining us today. We're Derps and Burps, the podcast for all gamers, spiritual souls, and creative minds out there. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to our podcast. And today we have a very, very special episode for you with our very first guest. Today on board with us, if you're watching on YouTube, um, you can already see on your monitor the beautiful Karina, the queen of esports content herself. So we wanted to start out, obviously, with a banger, with a really, really special guest. And Karina has been a friend of me or like a, a person that I know throughout the years and somebody I look up to. So I'm really, really excited to have her on today. And we're going to be talking in a little bit. Um, but before we get into that, we have obviously Steffi here as well. And as you know, every single week we talk about the listener of the week. And uh, Steffi picked somebody out today. Mm -hmm. I got super funny thing, guys. I got a cringe email this time. It's <laughs> from Andre. And he says, hello, Steffi and Julia. A really interesting episode this time. I also stumbled across the personality test as I took some time to focus on understanding myself better and it helped massively. I did the test multiple times and I'm a mediator, specifically an INFPT. Throughout the whole episode, it was so cool to see how similar Steffi's answers were compared to mine in the NFP section. I can relate 100% on losing your thoughts immediately if you don't jot them down. Um, I'm also a terrible mess when it comes to this. Don't want the comment to get too long this time, although I think the train passed already. Sorry. I'll drop the link to my personality test in a cringe email to Steffi because I'm unsure how pleased YouTube is about links in the comment section. As always, have a wonderful week and much appreciation. Aw, that's so cute. It's so cute, yeah, <laughs> with the cringe emails, because that was one thing, Karina, so you know it as well. Like in the first episode, Julia and I talked um, about us, like how we got to know each other. And back in the days, like in a very back in the days, yeah. I sent Julia an ago. email <laughs> because I wanted to like work together with her. And that became a running gag in the podcast with the yeah. cringy emails. Exactly. So we're like, wait, was I supposed to send an email and I missed it? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Next time we want the cringe email from you too. And it's like basically okay. how how we got to know each other. Steffi sent me a really cringe email that I never answered because I was like, oh my god, what the, what the hell is that? And now we have the thing that people uh, not only uh, leave comments, you know, on YouTube and stuff, but Steffi especially asked them to send her cringe emails so she doesn't feel alone. <laughs> so now she gets uh, feedback via email, which is really cute. But anyway, so for the people that are listening, um, I think we're going to get right into it so it's not too awkward for Karina here. Um, so Karina, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, um, what you do, and maybe also how you got the title Queen of Esport Content? Well, I obviously would never call like myself like that. Obviously not, obviously not. <laughs> uh, we're all queens. Um, I want to apologize to our listeners in advance because there is a king of the house um, somewhere here going to be running around, Kelsey, and Kelsey requires all attention in the world, so he might be a little bit barky, so you guys <laughs> be careful with your ears. Uh, speaking about me, do you want like the long version of the story, like the short one? Just the esports part, the whole thing. <laughs> um, I would say maybe just a short version first, uh, who you are. And I guess we're going to ask the more detailed question later on. But also, if you're in the flow, feel free to 
go down the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. So I guess long story short, I am Karina. I'm from Lithuania, a small country in the Baltics. Um, my background comes from journalism, so that's where I have my bachelor's and master's degrees. And for the last eight years now, I've been working within esports. Um, had a few homes, basically started my road adventure in Fnatic, then worked for a German company called Freaks for You Gaming. And almost five years ago now, I joined to esports head of content. And through the years, have grown esports to the content house it is today. And recently, um, since February officially, I'm no longer no longer working there, and planning to go on my next adventure. Awesome, awesome! That was a very well-rounded answer, I think. And. Um... So one thing that I always like to know about people, right? So obviously we can do all the research we want about you, like, you know, what your studies are, what you worked as. But something that always interests me when I hear interviews or podcasts with people, I always like to know like some fun facts or hobbies or if people collecting anything, you know, anything that that you can't find out that easy about yourself. Is there something about you? Like, do you have any hobby that stands out or do you do you collect anything? For, for example, I collect keys. I'm really weird. I collect like old keys and I have them tattooed all over my body. Do you have something like that? Um, honestly, like probably my most popular hobby is kind of, uh, very known to people who know me or the, in the industry in general, like I love to make anything into karaoke party. <laughs> oh yeah, true. I heard about that. I heard about that. We still haven't gone oh, to, to oh, go it, to a karaoke yeah. party together. It became so intense that at some point every G2 party became a karaoke party and then I was like, guys, it's not that fun anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but generally I like to sing. I was in the choir back in the days. I uh, was in the rock band at some point. Um, oh, really? Can we, yes, find, they can we find it online somewhere? No, 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 no. No? I'm, oh. I'm way too old for it to be online. Back in the days, it was, uh-uh. <laughs> it's probably somewhere on the Nokia phone. No, they didn't take photos. I was like 60, and I was like with the guys who were in university. And I even had to wear like a stage outfit, which was basically I had to wear those like military type of Doc Martens type of oh, boots. Awesome. I didn't even have those, you know. I just <laughs> needed to look cool. Oh, my God. That was like, those were the days. But... Yeah, in terms of, I like active sports. Um, mm -hmm. I used to do kite surfing and snowboarding back in oh, Lithuania. Wow. Oh, but... do you know who wants to get into kite surfing? This who? this me. one right here, Steffi. Steffi told yeah. me, yeah, Steffi told me in the beginning of this year that she wants to try it. Right? It's it's really mm -hmm. nice. I know a couple of people I can hook you up. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be perfect. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of the most beautiful things and it's super relaxing. But I always uh, did it on the flat water. I have a little bit of um, well, it's not fear. I'm not afraid of the ocean, but mm -hmm. I have uh, had some not very pleasant experiences. So that's why I'm kind of cautious in the mm -hmm. waves. Um, what else in terms of hobbies or interesting things about me? I like to cook. I like languages. I like team sports, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm one of those people who are like, I hate jogging. I hate gym. I want to play beach volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit difficult living in the country with no 
sunshine for a lot of months. But yeah, I wish I was sort of like doing more active things. I kind of do yoga and travel. Like I think events or like esports events is probably like the best workout always because you run around a lot. Mm. Aside from that, I love Kelsey, <laughs> who is sitting just outside. Wait, I can be. <laughs> Oh, he's so Hello. cute! Hi, Kelsey. <laughs> uh, we, have, a... we have so many cuties in our in our yeah. podcast. Always. Yeah, so we should should make them about, make it about them a little bit. Our special episode where they all sit on the chairs and we all sit next to them. <laughs> exactly, yeah. we let them talk to each other. But that's super interesting. So, if you say you did a lot of karaoke, right, with all the G two parties and at every uh, esports event, who is your favorite uh, person to sing karaoke with at those events? Oh, now I have to throw everyone else under the bus. Um, <laughs> you know, there is like there are good karaoke singers and there are mm -hmm. fun karaoke singers. So, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, definitely different categories. I guess. Um, I guess I need to give credit to Carlos here because I... we've actually done sort of consistently over the years some duos. Um, in the office on the stage and like christmas parties and what i mean he's an I mean, amazing he's a great singer. singer yeah he is i remember when i used to carlos was actually the first person I, I followed on twitch back in the day i think in like 2012 or something like that when he was still playing and uh, streaming himself and i was always like fascinated how good he was singing <laughs> and now like also the song uh, that he made was amazing like i was yes. i think everybody was really uh surprised about that one too but that's i mean carlos was kind of expected and and who is like your the, the funniest person that you like to sing with or like that you have the most fun with at mm. karaoke parties well i say most of my karaoke parties are like um not necessarily um with someone from esports <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know I, i don't want to call out the names there's like from oh, yeah, g2 yeah, gang yeah, There's like literally every first or second person. Some are very good at rapping. Some are some guys are very incredible at Celine Dion. We used to have a <laughs> person who only sings the tequila, but that's mm. also a song. Mm. So no, no, there's been a lot of good ones over the years. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so you said you grew up in Lithuania, Lithuania, right? And you moved mm -hmm. to Germany. And I think you also finished your studies in Bonn, right? Like you did your master's yeah. in Germany. Yes, yeah, so I, I've done my bachelor's degree in Lithuania and I was working there as a journalist. And then I moved to Germany. I was living in Cologne, actually, and mm -hmm. studying in Bonn in Deutsche Welle. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, did you, how did you make your, your um, journey to Germany? Like, did you just want to study abroad? Did you know that you want to go to Germany? Was there like any specific reason? Actually, it was funny because it, it wasn't planned that way, you know? The plan was, um, back in the days, actually it was a couple of years earlier, I was planning to move to Italy because I had friends in Bologna. They, mm -hmm. were, doing, they were making music and I was just excited about the prospect of living in Italy. And um, I could speak, back in the days, uh, somewhat Italian. Mm -hmm. And... I was literally planning to move and like the last moment some paperwork didn't work out like the Italian bureaucracy and I ended up staying in Lithuania and my parents moved to Germany before me because basically when I was planning to move to Italy they were planning to move to Germany so I stayed 
longer and then eventually decided that I will move to Germany. The reason for me wasn't um, studies, really. It was uh, more secondary. The reason for me, Lithuania is a very small country, and um, I was like, what, 23? And I was thinking, like, you know, if this is my ceiling, then it's not going to be very exciting another 20, 30 years of life. And I don't want to say that I reached everything, but I was working for one of the biggest um, uh, online uh, magazines and newspapers. And I knew everyone and it just felt like I wanted more challenge and I still had like a lot of energy. So I decided just to go to like a, not a greener pastures, but like a bigger environment to sort of express myself. And I knew that I will have to start fresh. I didn't speak German almost at all. Okay. So I know that you're now speaking German though, right? So, and you wanted to go to Italy. So you said you speak Italian as well. So, so how many languages are you actually speaking? And you said earlier well, you love languages as well, right? So. Yes, I do love languages. Okay, so I never say uh, to anyone anymore that I speak Italian. I say that I can sing in Italian mm-hmm. because that's more true. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can do like some Andrea Bocelli, Eros from Mazzotti, Tiazzano, Ferro, oh. like the oldies, but goodies, you know? Nice. Um, Oh, Max Gazet, also a good one. Just throwing in my <laughs> Italian pop music, uh, popery. I, yeah, so um, obviously Lithuanian. Lithuanian <laughs> is unlike any other language except for Latvian. It's one of probably one of the oldest, most complex languages in the world. Really difficult, very beautiful. Mm-hmm. I do speak Russian. Um, it's not usual for people to speak Russian in Lithuania, let's say of the younger generation, mm-hmm. but part of my family comes from Russia, so that's the reason why. I do speak English um, and German fluent, and then all the other languages, like, I know uh, like enough stuff to come by, to get by, so um, I do understand a lot of French. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do understand a lot of Spanish, and apparently it's enough to get along with people in Dominican Republic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, like bits and pieces of, like, uh, Spanish, French, Italian. Mm-hmm. I can say, like, two words in Portuguese, Polish. <laughs> but, yeah, this is... I mean, can, can we consider, like, Austrian? Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you can I mean, say, if you speak German. <laughs> yeah, if you can say Ochkatzelschwaf, you basically speak German. Uh, Austrian. Exactly, see? You can already uh... speak uh, Austrian. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's, that's amazing. So many languages. And I guess, like, in your job, that's also really, really helpful to be able to navigate and, like, talk to so many people if you know so many languages. I think it's always very helpful um, with players. Mm-hmm. And uh, in general, I mean, I don't know, like most of the time we do actually speak English, but if you understand, you know, some expressions or like sort of can like read the room better or like what they're saying um, in some sort of like particular moment, I think it's easier. Before G2, like in G2, before Monesi, we never had, if I'm right, we never had like Russian speaking players. We did have, well, we do have Serbs. So sometimes when like uh, Hunter, Nico, back in the days next day, if they would say something, I sometimes can pick up because it's also like Slavic language. Yeah, yeah. So that that was a little bit funny. But 
yeah i mean i think it helps in general in life more than in job in particular i guess it also depends like i mean i was already sort of in the job i didn't need to prove anyone anything for a lot of people they come from like more regional and national let's say environments and then they sort of need to step up mm, for sure for sure that's super interesting but but i feel like i have that I make that experience as well. Like, I don't speak as many languages as you, but for example, I grew up, I think the first four years or five years of my life, my grandma, um, she lived a long time in Italy. I'm not sure if she's actually Italian, but she lived a long time in Italy. Um, she's already dead, so I can I can certainly not ask her, but she spoke like five years uh, Italian with me when I was a child. So for me, it's still, I understand so much vocabulary but I can just Ooh. not speak it, right? So like when Italians are speaking next to me, I can understand their context, like what they're talking about. And the same with like English, German, I speak French as well. So maybe you have the same thing, like when you're at airports and stuff and you just like walk through a, through a long uh, corridor and something you hear, hear so many people talking about so many things or when people often think that they can say something about you and they're not aware that you speak that language is also something I guess that can be really yeah, <laughs> funny yeah. sometimes. So yeah, that's that's super super interesting. Um, so again, you said uh you came out of the traditional journalism, made made it to esports. Then, um, you hit a little bit the roof in Lithuania, made the way to Germany, finished your studies there, and I think if I heard it correct in one of your interviews, you said that you actually wrote your master degree about esports, correct? Yeah. So, so how did the whole... you how did you get to that? Like were you already in esports back then? No, so there there is um I feel like like you know I'm in an interesting personal sort of transitional period. So I usually always used to tell people only one part of my esports story, mm-hmm. just because the other one is let's say way more personal. Okay. But um, actually, in then one interview uh, that was recorded last year, I I said the whole reason because I feel like you know this is part of my process, and I think it's fair to say because it's possible that this podcast is going to be out before that interview is out. Um, so there's actually two kind of reasons that factored in together why or how I ended up um, in esports. Because maybe I wouldn't have been so tempted. Like the previous story was that, you know, I was, um, which is also true. There's mm-hmm. just like another factor. So I was living in Cologne and this is where the ESL or Turtle Entertainment back in the days was. This is uh, where the <clears throat> uh, LCS broadcast was. And um, yeah, I eventually st- started hanging out with the people because I met through a different type of event, uh, a person who later would become Kelsey's co-owner um, <laughs> and sort of, you know, were introduced to people. Uh, however, I, like, I didn't know much about gaming or like I knew games before, but I was not absolutely unaware because um, I lost my brother just when I moved to Germany. And he was younger than me, and oh. he was avid uh, League of Legends player. And this is one of the things we knew about him. So I would say maybe I wouldn't have picked it up as, uh, I don't know, 
with so much passion if there wouldn't be that connection. So I think for me, it was also, I guess now it's been nine years ago now. So it's probably been like, you know, part of my tribute and of sort of keeping close. But this also kind of set the tone for my attitude within esports mm -hmm. a lot. Because, I mean, as a journalist, it was always for me about people. But I would say I care beyond just creating a content piece. Like, I don't, I feel like I can say I don't use people, you know, for content and just drop them and not care. Like, yeah. I always try to, you know, give both my colleagues and the talent and the players always the feeling that, you know, we here for you. I'm here for you. You know, you can always come to me. And um, yeah, I, I guess this uh, context of the story is not something that I tell everyone. Like, I say it's still difficult. It's been a long time. But mm -hmm. I think it's also fair to give that context because, like... I don't want anyone to feel sorry or feel pity. Like there's so many people who deal with loss and different challenges, but that definitely sort of inspired me in different ways and sort of changed me a lot. So mm. I think um, in the end, I'm happy where I ended up. But yes, so combination of having this happen and then meeting the people who were actually working within the game and within the industry, I just felt like, you know, the pieces sort of clicked and I was like, I wanted to get to know more. And then I suggested the master thesis that sort of connected mainstream media, journalism and esports mm -hmm. and done an awful lot of research. Um, and then my professor was so happy because that was um, one of the most innovative topics so or not. <laughs> I'm, I'm still regretting that I never got back to it because like I wanted to publish it, but I was writing my conclusions with like three days of no sleep sort of last moment oh. I was having like jitters like I was I still want to give a shout out she's probably I don't know if she's ever gonna watch or hear but um Anna Katerina she was like my uh course mate if not her dragging me to print I'm not sure I would I would have oh, really? done it. I was, I was yeah. like so done with it. I was so done with it. She's like, just get this orange juice and we're going there. I mean, it was a big book. Um, yeah, may maybe one day. Maybe one day. Was, oh, uh, I was pretty proud of it. it. Yeah, I would, I would love to read it. To be honest, and thank you for sharing that personal story as well. Like, I think a lot of people will appreciate that. Um, to hear that, it's super interesting. Also, how like life sometimes work. You know when like one thing leads to another you get to know new people and then something that was not really intended to maybe go that far in that direction ends up to uh bring you in the position you're in today right so it's i think it's always super interesting to see how everything just like falls into place and and works together Whew, yeah that was, hey. <laughs> was a really really interesting um route and i didn't really know that we would go down that road so yeah um Sorry okay, for taking you. No, don't worry. Don't worry. Not, <laughs> not, not, not at all. Like, I, again, like, I really appreciate it. And I think, like, everybody that listens appreciate when somebody, like, opens yeah. up about especially such a topic. And I think it's also something that, like, makes people enjoy such talks even more you know if you you know sometimes obviously like it's with, with a lot of people that you that you tell a, a story and you maybe don't want to get into detail for whatever reason um but i think if you hear it to a full extent it's 
it makes it extra special i think so yeah. thank you for that um so yeah you said you you moved uh to germany you wrote your master thesis that you almost didn't publish <laughs> and um you already said it so you're so the people from your university were really uh, supportive um even though because i guess like back in the day it was not really a topic that was like i mean nowadays like in 2022 if somebody writes a, a thesis about esports or gaming it's something that is way more uh mainstream maybe than it was uh, years ago mm. so would you say that like your university and like all of your colleagues and professors were really uh, supportive in that direction or was there also people they... oh yeah yeah sure sorry and did they understand like what that whole thing was because it was still so new to s most of the people especially like german speaking like areas we're or i feel like we were pretty late with this you know what i mean like still austria like If you talk yeah. about Twitch or being a streamer, everything is like, you what? It's like, <laughs> because I wrote my, yeah, I wrote my bachelor's thesis about Twitch and content creation on Twitch. So that was also a new thing. Everyone was like, okay, yeah. So Yeah, yeah I mean, I needed to do that uh, parallel between, um, so the way I had to explain is that like, sorry, one second. Don't worry about it. <laughs> We don't even hear it. I think it's getting filtered out by oh. your... I can't hear myself. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I had to draw the parallel to my professor basically to explain it like football leagues type of mm -hmm. thing. So mm -hmm. it's like, hey, here's oh, like okay. different games and different tournaments. And there's like five people playing this particular game. Sometimes there is different games. And um, so I was basically looking at how esports is portrayed in mainstream media and like what tendencies are, like what words are used. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, in the end, it was, I think I analyzed, now I don't recall, was it five or six years of it? I mean, it was like really a lot of research and I think 11 uh, news sites. And basically the findings were that there was so many like primers in a way that, you know, it always is kind of explained and it's always about money, but there's never like any sort of anything of substance to it and like you mm. know nothing about the people who do it nothing about like you know more personal stories so it was not really being developed but I think I think that everyone was supportive but I can't say that everyone was interested if you know what I mean yeah, like I mean, sure. you know mm. it's like your master stuff it wasn't like class like course mates would be like oh my god you're writing about esports let me read that 200 yeah. pages no yeah, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't like it. <laughs> that's awesome it's awesome so um what were i think i think you said you worked for freaks for you or i, I read it online i'm not sure freaks for you first yeah. right you worked for fanatic um then you went to, to g2 in uh, 2017 G2. Oh, phonetic freaks and then G2. Okay, yeah. that way around. Okay, awesome. It's it's so interesting for me because like obviously like I'm I'm kind of what uh, active in the scene also since 2012 2013. So I saw a lot of people that actually started in freaks for you. There's so many people that really like came out of there, worked there. It doesn't matter if it was like an apprentice or whatever it is. And there, so many of those people like are got so far in their careers out there so it, it was really interesting for me to to read as well that you started there as well um were you long at freaks for you i don't i don't really 18 months 18 months 18, okay. 18 months yeah we've grown significantly there editorial department back in the days we started doing like you know the lcs interviews yeah. the video content mm -hmm. we were working like with Sporeins and red bull 
Um, it was fun. I think Freaks for You. I mean, now they do a lot of big productions. I think it's a mm. great company, but they always been known to be like a really good springboard for yeah. like you know people to get into industry because they have a lot of also like entry level positions and they're big companies so they you know they usually need a lot of people so if you have like a good skill set or like even just like a high motivation uh usually you can get the chance so i think they're definitely up to this day probably alongside with someone like esl yeah. um are good entry point companies for sure for people sort of you know to be aware of mm -hmm. super super interesting like it's just funny how like certain certain names just see now it's my cat in the background blinky that is like <laughs> i'm glad kelsey <laughs> doesn't hear it because that would be i cannot even <laughs> pronounce the word c-a-t because that really? creates a reaction <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing but it's funny how like uh, dog owners have those special words that i can say like for example um i cannot i cannot say when she's around she's not here right now but if i say the word walk for example and my dog yeah, is next to me out. she's going crazy she's like did yeah. you say the w word like nathan and me we always have to say w instead of walk because otherwise oh, she's yeah. already like oh my god we're going <laughs> i'm ready yeah so You know, we have problem with CAT and the other one, which is probably even worse, is, you know, the orange thing that jumps on the trees starts with oh, SQ. No. Yes. Oh, that's really? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's that's awesome. Frantic. No, because if I would if I would say you would see him like running around barking and looking. Yeah, it's crazy how, how fast the dogs are also with like making a connection between like, like words. Like, especially, like, for example, a squirrel for you, right? That it would not necessarily be a word where you think, like, a dog would have any reaction towards. So, that's... that's oh, Kelsey is very particular. He knows, like, all the toy names. He knows, yeah. he's, he's very smart. He knows, like, everything. What kind of dog is he? He's, like, a... I don't know the English word. He's a, some he's a kind Finnish of spitz, bit. right? Yeah, exactly. Spitz. Yeah, Finnish yeah. Bit. They are so yeah. smart. This yeah, crazy. very loud, too. <laughs> lovely and with the character yeah <laughs> yeah back in the days when we were picking the breed i was like you know how they always say that like dog owners and dogs look alike mm -hmm. and i was like if i go for really pretty dogs <laughs> <laughs> outsmart them awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's amazing so um As you already said multiple times, like you started as a journalist, you started in uh, mainstream media. And uh, so what I also read or heard in interviews from you was that for you it was really important to raise the standards of uh, the content production that we had in esports and gaming in general, right? When you came into it. So what would you say for you was like one of the first and maybe also like what was the most important things that you wanted to change about the state of the content pro production and media production uh, when you started working in esports? To be honest, I think it's still sort of ongoing process because uh, how say the longer I work, the more work there is to do. I always, uh, <laughs> I always say this uh, kind of, I mean, as a joke, but not really a joke. Like, you know, um, in esports, there are sometimes like young people with the big roles. Mm -hmm. um, I was, you know, when I think right now, I would be more likely to accept a role of CEO at 25 than I'm today. Okay. And also within, like, you know, content and production, 
like now there's been sort of transition towards like better quality, uh, bigger budgets, more resources, because back in the days it was like, it was kind of normal that one person would be doing three to four jobs and then Mm. you make do somehow and you plan the best you can within what you can do. So back then there was like, you know, more, I don't want to say crisis management, but it, there was just the resource was so scarce. So you needed to know how to utilize maybe people better and like mm-hmm. what to build the stories around. And now it's more about, I mean, again, depends like different esports companies, like at the very different stages, but it's also about sustainable growth, about, you know, making sure that people do not burn out. Uh, making sure that the talent does not burn out, that the stories continue to be interesting, that there is some sort of like innovation. So I think back in the days when I joined, it was a lot about more basic storytelling and also, you know, making the stories interesting. And um, I I really admire a lot of people who are self-taught and who are like, you know, originating from the industry. But I think having like, I don't think that formal education is necessary, but previously, like I worked with uh, world-class celebrities and I was working within um, music culture industries. I've been doing like a lot of interviews. So I was just, you know, bringing them, let's say habits and the way you treat those people towards how you treat the athletes or talent here. And just, you know, um, a lot of, them are very young people who don't have necessarily media experience so I think Mm. a very important step for me personally was that I had it and I taught them through doing it correctly and also making them feel comfortable and maybe you know going through the answers or like you know how to approach things because a lot of things now um, I mean especially with the people or players who are like older or like have more experience like sort of um self-explanatory or like expected but you you have to remember that uh, i mean like eight years from now or like back in the days and even now not everyone has like media training not all teams have that and and it's like uh i feel when you're doing like content having i mean you never do content about yourself you do it about someone so having someone trust you and build those, you know, emotional connections is the only way when the story is going to come through, like in a genuine way mm-hmm. and audience can see it. You cannot, you can never think that the audience is not smart. There's like yeah. two rules where on the one hand, you have to explain it in an easy and digestible way so that even the kid understands, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you cannot do say you you can never make anyone feel stupid the way you explain it so Mm -hmm. i think it's also you know sort of an art um, find the balance right yeah yeah because esports is not easy and it's not necessarily easily digestible there's so many specific things that require particular knowledge and like if i show like a highlight to my mom she's not gonna understand the thing with it so i think there's like a lot of thinking that needs to be done uh, sort of behind the scenes while working on it on how to make it relatable and understandable. Mm, for sure. I mean, you can also see through the years how everything changed. Like as you as you saw. I mean, obviously, it's again, it's also a big difference if you're like let's say an influencer yourself, 
or if you worked like in a huge organization you know like you did but as you say like you are often in especially in those um sorry my cat in the background again <laughs> he's just going up and down yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, kind of fun yes he's uh he's crazy five minutes right now no but it's really interesting um first of all you can see how the budget also grows and how the quality of content no matter throughout everything doesn't matter if we talk about a video or just the content that gets published of, of twitter or whatever um, just changes because as you already said like you often had the thing where your social media manager was at the same time the guy that did the graphics that write the, that wrote the text that did no the this did not happen this did not happen really this did not happen no 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 we never had social media social media people doing graphics to some extent very little but in g2 i can say that we always had yeah, graphic designers okay awesome Smart. because i i know that like in in some companies that I've worked with in the past like they often have those people you know that kind of get thrown in into a job where you say like I don't know you're the social media dude now and uh, he doesn't necessarily get hired to be the graphic guy but he needs to make a post for I don't know uh, let's say oh yeah next week by the way is Valentine's Day and we need to post something about Valentine's Day oh our video dude doesn't have time so could you make a graphic so like you know like it at least that's how I feel like um, that often those people, especially with smaller companies, when they work with, they get thrown into a job that they think they have. And then it turns out that they have so many more jobs that they actually have uh, to take care of. Mm -hmm. So um, as you say, like, I think that changed a lot throughout the years. Like if I think about, um, I don't know, eight years ago or something, how social media worked and how it works now that you have actually roles and people for all of that and that the companies also understand okay it is worth to have um for each of this job really like a person and you actually also pay that person for like a full-time job or whatever it is right like i feel like that is something um that was often a problem and also just uh sorry this cat he's <laughs> <laughs> just crying like crazy um no but like you know what i mean like i i often felt like that especially working online there was often a case that they expect you to do stuff or work in a certain uh field for free or maybe for way less than if you would make the same job in like let's say um traditional media for example um so i feel i feel like this cat holy moly i'm so sorry i don't know what's, what's wrong with him right now. um but yeah, I feel like this changes a little bit now that there's like more budget that is actually being used for the persons that work for you. Um, at least like, again, I, I don't I don't necessarily talk about like G2 more like in in general, maybe for smaller organizations or, or brands that start uh, working more in, in social media and gaming and esports um, from, from my point of view. Um, yeah, I mean, I can I can say like if that's OK, if I jump yeah, in, sure, sure, sure. Um, just because after I said that uh, I'll be leaving mm -hmm. I actually was very privileged and like it's um you know very grateful to um, sorry oh we don't we don't hear him <laughs> yeah but I <laughs> oh my god so uh, so yeah since I uh, publicly announced I'm gonna be leaving G2 I received a lot of offers and um I mean I'm I was extremely grateful but it also sort of exposed the situation that there's right now huge shift in mentality as well as understanding because 
if before people considered like content or marketing in general like optional mm. then right now people do understand that like esports organizations similar as sports or anything that is built on competitive success there is only so many winners and everyone else cannot rely on anything but let's say content and marketing or whatever is the else there um if there is no success for example so i think um people understand that because partnerships bring money partnerships uh or like partners require or want visibility so this is all very connected and i think that this switch from something being considered as optional or like side job mm-hmm. now gets to a place where it's at at worst 50-50 because so many teams like you know some teams know they don't have a winning roster they need to do something still so i think this is happening right now and it's very interesting to be on that verge of change and this was also probably something that uh inspired let's say uh the way i chose my next steps i'm really really interested already to talk about that but we're going to keep that for, for for the end um something that me personally um or i'm really interested myself in is you were talking a lot about storytelling earlier as well and how important it is for you um to build that connection right um between the fans between the the organization the players um the individuals um so for me for example i'm really really bad i think that is one of the worst things for me like i cannot seem to find a good way to to tell a story right so for somebody like me what would be like your best advice or or how would you help somebody that doesn't know how to be good at st- storytelling well um let me ask you a couple of follow up questions i would love that <laughs> so so when you say that you're bad at storytelling do you mean you cannot tell the story in words do you not know how to put it together visually or that you don't feel that there is a story about you um um the way i feel is that i can't put it into words i think that is my my biggest issue so for example i think i have a great story to tell but as soon as i start telling the story i like want to talk about so many things at the same time and i cannot focus on one route if that makes sense like yeah but this is some um i i know people like that and uh, i have a couple of close friends who are like that so in that sense um i don't think you should focus on it because that's just not your medium let's put yeah. it that way because mm-hmm. you know like that's why you probably chose streaming because you are better in like sort of speaking organically and answering questions and not just telling it by yourself this is why i don't know if i'm like an amazing storyteller apparently i have sometimes a very funny sense of humor so. which sometimes is terrible <laughs> because it's kind of lithuanian's very particular but um how to say to be able to tell stories you not necessarily actually need to like tell them out so i think it's more about finding the ways to unlock it mm-hmm. so sometimes it's through images sometimes it's through other people maybe because sometimes you know you, if you're gonna if i would talk to steffi and she would probably tell me like 25 things about you the way you wouldn't tell them about yourself mm. so i think it's more 
uh, how to say, tackling the challenge in an alternative way. If you go like sort of head on and like, you know, this is same like with the players and like um, with announcements. Um, if if you try to like squeeze someone out, usually you 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 face some sort of resistance. That's why through the years we try to make it as easy as possible for talent, where they I say they still participate, but it's not difficult and it's not necessarily challenging, or they're not expected to be actors. So I think one of the key parts in content storytelling in general is to figure out what is the right approach. Because it's not, it's not, it, it's quite individual and it's not going to work the same way for you as it works for someone else. Never thought about it that, in that way. Yeah. I, I always thought about storytelling like as a skill. Like, I mean, I guess still everybody can try to get better at it, but I didn't thought about it that way that you can tell a story without telling a story in a sense, right? So, like, that, that's without crazy the because it makes sense, right? <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, th but this is why I also started to understand recently that when they speak content, when they speak like storytelling or like emotional connections, I see them in like a way, way sort of bigger kind of um, worldview rather than actually like just those individual bits. But yeah, about like I say, telling a story is not necessarily always with words. Sometimes, you know, you can just post a drawing and it's going to tell people how you feel. Yeah, yeah. I didn't thought I about that them. at all. <laughs> See, you can draw. I can. I cannot tell a story. Like I. I feel like I'm not person. You know when you're like sitting uh, together after an event or something at the table in the bar at the hotel or something. Oh my god, this cut. And everybody has these great stories to tell, and I love to listen. And I mm. would love to be that person that could tell something that happened in the past in a super funny way or in an, in a way that it draws everybody in that everybody just wants to hear you talk more and more and that is something i would love to be able to do but i i just can't so i'm just most of the time the person that just sits there and like but this is more for your but this is more of your personality trait like i liked you despite you not telling you know funny stories so i mean <laughs> like i don't i don't think that this is like you know the only selling point to be cool in the group yeah <laughs> so for don't sure, worry for about sure. it don't worry about it <laughs> Yeah. But it's cool. So now, now I have a new way of looking at things. I really like that. So thank you again for that. Um, so about the job in social media, right? Head of content. So that means for you, you always have to stay on top of things, or you had to in the past, right? In your old job. Um, how did you handle it for yourself? Did you like spend hours a day on Reddit? Did you um, try to be creative and uh, create new things by yourself? How do you keep up with trends? How do you handle it when you're like, I don't know, out of ideas? Do you brainstorm alone? Do you um, do that with other people together? Like, how was your creative process in um, developing your content? So now I'm going to try and break one of the biggest misconceptions that it seems there are. So, Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Steph is> ready. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm Carlos ready. is not tweeting. I am not tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> like um, the way I mean, again, in the, in different organizations, it works differently. But yeah. so social media was part of content officially until May last year, and then uh, social programming was disconnected. Programming mm -hmm. for those who ask, it's mainly it's basically distribution. It's like where you post, what, when, how. Mm -hmm. 
and content is more of a creative sort of I mean they're both creative but it's creative and more producing and making things happen Mm -hmm. Uh, we always because back in the day social was also uh, let's say within things I was supervising those teams videographic social and later online events they always worked very close together like we have a lot of shared meetings and in terms of creative process like I always try try to utilize this hive mind basically like we had very um open type of conversations where like designers would suggest the next video or social uh, media specialists would suggest the new vi- next video or like the head of socials so um my job was not always to be the person to come up with the exact idea that we're going to be doing but to figure out how we're going to do it to figure out um what we're going to be doing in half a year what the team to build so I think I was like sitting on many chairs because I was also directing some of the videos. Mm-hmm. I was a producer for a lot of videos. I was, um, for a limited amount of time, was also factually leading the video team and the department. Um, and yeah, but at the same time, like my main job as the head of the department is to create the environment in which... Sorry, uh, to create the environment in which people can be creative mm-hmm. and that they can do the job at their best. And sometimes um, just to sort of facilitate or like spark the ideas. And yeah, some of the ideas were mine and some of the scripts were mine and some of them are not. So um, not like the success of the team was always my success and there was over the years way more stuff which I was actually doing everything myself or a lot myself like back in the days but then the team has grown so people need to be uh, let to do their jobs and when we talk about social media I think for a very long time like we would we would discuss and like give comments on like graphics videos and tweets or like social posts or like campaigns on how to approach them but me myself like tweeting or uh, being on reddit I do that like because I I like I like the social medias and like digital content and I'm the user but I don't how say I indirectly sit there for inspiration because Mm -hmm. I guess together with Carlos we were couple of people who I read comments on every Reddit thread, on every YouTube video, on every Twitter post, just because I say for me, it's important to know. But also social media guys are doing this. So it's not like it's just us doing it. Yeah. So it it basically just helps you to have like this high awareness, I guess, on mm-hmm. the both ends. But yeah, it, generally it was not I would give input like we have we had always this very collaborative environment where um we we sort of check internally first like a sort of temp check is it something too much because you know we are kind of edgy so we need to know um it, does the meme work maybe we should tweak it that way so in very very many scenarios one person comes up with like initial impulse and then it turns out into something else and I think that every person who contributes in terms of feedback or anything else is part of that process. So 
there's very few pieces where you could say and probably can't say at all that it was like just mine or just someone else's Mm. okay so you would say it's like all more or less a a sum of ideas of many people and as you say like you you check the ideas like you you how do you say it in english like you you counterject another yeah first of all that and you you bounce the ideas off each other to see how they resonate with the other person exactly yeah okay okay. yeah because uh how say in like as individuals I think that in the collective mind, there is the power because you get like more perspectives, more diversity. Mm. People like different things. And if you're always looking to sort of innovate or create something different than before, you you need to draw inspiration from somewhere. And like the more sources you have, the better, of course. So while I definitely consider myself creative, I sort of had to juggle the responsibility of actually leading the team and handling all of the let's say the managerial roles uh uh, role part and but also at the same time you know um lead in terms of like video shoots and whatnot so i was always there for some of the creative but some projects i mean that's why we hired a very capable team like they can do it like you don't need to like you know sit there and have your hold your finger on every project yeah i mean i guess that's also something really important especially if you work on such a big scale that you can um source out that kind of work to other people that you trust and you don't have to like as you say point the finger and go through everything but also like hand it over so would you say your your job was a lot of as as you already said like not really like managing in the sense of managing but you were doing a lot of the planning more than the creative i mean and then again you also did a lot um in in the different video shoots and projects as well so would you say it was like well balanced or was it for you um too much already that you couldn't focus on one thing specific Hmm. well i i like too much and i think i put myself sort of in that situation Mm -hmm. because like we scaled up progressively and the team has been growing the project has been growing everything I mean, for me, it was an incredible and very valuable learning experience. Um, was it like a perfect balance? It's hard to say, you know, like um, I'm proud and I guess lucky to an extent that, you know, we always had like upwards curve. We've been successful. So it means that we've, I guess it means that we've done the things right yeah, and like sure. had the right sure. approach. Um, at the same time, like for me personally, I mean, I don't, I don't know how how to how to say it. Of course, I guess sometimes it was maybe uh, a bit much, but mm. but again, like if anything, I always loved my job. I always loved the team, and I think like especially within like the last year or even couple, I put a lot of effort into actually becoming comfortable and actively delegating and teaching people and sort of sharing the responsibility and that accountability because um yeah like if you don't trust people it's very difficult at some point your like hours per day run out yeah yeah for sure for sure so so would you say like the biggest challenge was for you to not have enough hours in the day (laughs) with the work that you did 
I think it's for everyone, but uh, but also I think it's about like it's always a learning process. Uh, you know, if I if I knew what I know today, five years or four mm. years back, I probably would organize things differently or set them up. So I think um, to be honest, like I had uh, a pleasure of having a, a lot of trust, resources, and being able to hire good people. So, like speaking very generally, I don't think I would change it, change something. Like really, no. like we've done really well. Like otherwise, we would be like really greedy to wish for something <laughs> else. I think. Um, but yeah, in terms of having more hours in the day, I think that probably I just wish I knew earlier or like I knew better how to work smarter. But it's also difficult because within, how to say, within esports, it's very easy to get sort of sucked in into the process of everything being too fast. And I mean, I consider myself uh, really pretty good with like time management and stuff. But it still sometimes can get overwhelming because you have event, you have this, there's another tournament. If you have multiple teams, it's complicated. So I think it's just having um let's say some sort of like taking yourself out of the situation and sort of you know looking from the side at it i always you know emphasize like prioritization being very important but i think there's also limitations to everyone and i think right now it's progressively everywhere within the industry is getting better because people are understanding the value of rest and the value of sort of, you know, re-energizing because it's not very sustainable to work um, like in in this like super high intensity all the time. But I think that everyone and of course G2 included uh, within the last year started making a lot of like progress there because I think it's just uh, simply like, hiring more people, separating roles a little bit more, all of that helps. And mm-hmm. uh, looking at the organizations, like everyone is also at a different step, you know, like if an organization has 10 people, they won't have like super specialists there because it doesn't make sense. For sure. I think that's that's really, really important that this is happening as well. Like sharing um, is caring. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, but in, in general, like the the whole valuing and like I think mental health has been something that was a really big topic lately as well. In the last few years, um, doesn't matter if it's I mean, just look at how many people in that in- industry have problems like with burnout, uh, because of as you say, like you get sucked in because there's so much you can always do more. There's yeah. there's never <clears throat> technically there's never enough <laughs> of what you can do. There's always like an open end kind of um in that way so it's it's good to see that it um changes in that direction um what what would be uh, which direction would you like to see the whole industry like change even more like is there something that you still wish for that that would change or or would be integrated into uh, esports gaming hmm I don't know. Uh, going back to to the previous topic just for mm-hmm. a second, I think sure. it also like massively is the responsibility of managers and people leading the teams, like you know myself included. Um, yes, on the one hand, you want to lead by example, 
you also need to push your people but like it's really important to sort of how to say um and again i'm not saying about my situation because i think we've we've done absolutely all right but in general if you have people reporting to you to normalize rest and time off there is a couple of companies i know who are started offering unlimited time off which um is really good if it's done right but they also know that there's sometimes you know young people who don't trust themselves or who are like worried for the jobs and whatever so i think it's like most important thing is to create that safe environment where there's actually like open dialogue and like active listening to what people need to do the best because sometimes like just making i don't know work more efficient or creating the setup in which people work best makes them work better and not necessarily putting in more hours so i think just in in terms of in general industry and this is like maybe a little bit of wishful thinking but when it comes to um teams i i mean i don't mean organizations but like teams of people working on a particular thing i think it's really important to figure out who is what type of personality how do they click and how do they compensate like i always like to look at everything as a puzzle and how do the pieces mix mm-hmm. together and sometimes like once you figure out or have that conversation which someone needs to facilitate it really unlocks like a next level of potential and like just general understanding so i think in terms of industry like you know money and opportunities are there uh i think it's just now more a matter of making it sustainable in general like for for everyone because the talent is there um like i said resources are there it's just important to keep going up and uh, to progress to continue not losing the people who are good or like who you know are like leading the industry not losing them outside like to the outside world basically no no it's actually a very 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 interesting way of looking at it but i think you're really right i think that is that's such a hard thing though especially like as you say um in a scene like that to take time off like Mm. it's it's really hard because you're always like in the fear i mean then again it's also depending like in which position you are right but um just speaking from a point of view as like a individual right that is on social media like for me for example it's always a problem and i think like people like steffi steffi for example was just sick for what one and a half weeks almost yeah couldn't do anything um so i think those kind of situations are really hard for people or for me for example if i know i'm sick or if i want to take a week off or something like that you know it's not like in a normal job where you know you have like i don't know your 20 30 days a year that you can take off without having to worry about being paid and whatever so i think especially for like uh, content creators is something sometimes a hard uh thing to learn to actually value the time off and like otherwise you get sick yeah (laughs) yeah 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 but you guys you you guys like there's there are ways you know like you can Mm. sort of prepare yeah for sure i mean i think i can give you some tips you totally should have holiday (laughs) (laughs) for sure for sure no but um i think that is as you said it's like a really important topic to find like more like the the work-life balance um Mm. that is always a hard thing if you don't work like in a let's say conventional 
job with like nine to five hours or something like that um but yeah i think yep. we're talking already for one hour so i think we should get to the most important or the most interesting part for me at least um karina mm -hmm. already told us a little bit uh before the talk today that she's gonna announce on the day we're recording this episode so when this is gonna be out it's already gonna be um public that uh, Karina is going to tell the world today what she's going to do now after leaving G2 as uh, head of uh, of content sorry yeah so I don't know like everyone is excited for the announcement I don't feel like it's a big announcement but I guess it is, <laughs> um, it is. so I decided that uh, I had a lot of incredible offers and some of them were extremely tempting and This was the first time in my life when I was actually considering that, you know, maybe I would go to the U.S. And I was really open for everything, but somehow there were there was something little nagging me there. Like I couldn't figure out, like, you know, the perfect, perfect, perfect match, even mm -hmm. though one was very close. But once I figured out my current solution, actually everything, like, you know, I got this, like, wave of peace and I was like well it means it's the right thing so um sounds awesome <laughs> so basically what I decided is I'm gonna be taking on uh, just maybe one or two companies for consulting slash advice strategic advising or something mm -hmm. of sorts uh, for the coming maybe four five six months but I will be working with some people who I trust a lot on the creation of our co-owned own company oh yes so it's like a this is like the scariest or the big biggest leap of faith i could take but mm -hmm. at the same time um i feel like i have strong support in terms of uh you know some of the partners and i'm also excited because i always wanted to make impact and sort of like do things right And um, I want to have like this ability to to have control and to you know maybe not change the world but like you know make it a better place uh, mm -hmm. to some extent. So and and again with like uh, with the months of me uh, taking time to look at the market and consider the offers, I also realized that there's um, some car city in terms of like skill set that I personally have so I think it's better to not lock myself and offer that experience and maybe you know um create more competition for G2 <laughs> <laughs> oh poor Carlos poor Carlos no, but I think it's incredible no, we're cool we're cool, we're cool. What, yeah yeah I know, I know. <laughs> but it's incredible what you all built together in in the last years it's it's crazy like I think everybody that is a little bit in the scene um always takes you or it takes G2 as a really big example for doing a lot of things correctly you know like also with like the the right uh, amount of edginess with like the bent or whatever it is like you found this perfect um line you know where you could flip really really fast and it's just so interesting to also see like the people that are behind it right and especially also talk to you um and i'm super super excited to see um with what brands you're going to work in the future and i think everybody that can get the chance to work with you and get your knowledge and get your advice 
can be so 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 happy i think it's the it's the right move for you like as you already said like you have a skill uh, skill set that is really really special and really really wanted and uh, i think it's the best thing as you already said to not lock yourself down and be open to um many many different opportunities i'm i'm super super excited to for you yeah. honestly plan for you guys we can totally like do like content creation trip to somewhere warm and nice oh yeah i would love to so if, <laughs> if you don't know um you know karina and me i don't even know when we talked the first time about it but we we talked about how how we want to Three travel <laughs> yeah <laughs> wait was it was it like i think the first time we talked when we were in katowice yeah oh my long god ago. when was that like four or five years ago or something like that it's either 18 or 19 yeah i think I so i think something like that right so i think uh, after recording that uh, if karina still has a few minutes we're gonna we're gonna check what flights are available <laughs> and which which dates we we both uh, are free and then maybe we can going? find something this year well you're gonna join us Steffi. if i'm free <laughs> if you're free and you got time aren't you the boss of your own time <laughs> in in summer i'm not because i'm working part-time as well while like beside all the content creation stuff so from april to november it's like very very busy oh, yeah. for me True. so yeah crazy depends depends yeah steffi I would like to know more about steffi now <laughs> <laughs> yeah steffi tell us what are you doing in summer uh i work part-time at the street food market um at the host of or basically, like, he is planning the whole event. My both two bosses are planning the whole street food markets in Austria. And we have um, a super special uh, food truck there as well with super good burgers, like everything Ooh. regional. Um, so I do that in summer because, first of all, I just love my two, like, bosses. They're amazing. And it's, like, part-time. I do part-time this from april to november and then from november to april the next year like i'm basically free of that and i can do all the content creation and work on everything uh or even more on all the content creation than i do when i work in summer um like both jobs basically so yeah oh. so maybe... well, i can tell you for a fact like uh content from like a beautiful blue ocean of palm trees always like uh, <laughs> uh -huh. it's a nail on the head <laughs> awesome you know what we can do we can do in in summer you come over to austria first to take kelsey with you if you want uh so he can meet mira and then we can visit a, a street food market and then afterwards we go somewhere where it's even warmer <laughs> good plan love <laughs> that it sounds good. Like an awesome plan. <laughs> Um, so okay. I would I would just like to ask one last question before we finish off because I think we're at a good length. We talked about a lot of different topic um, topics. So I know that a lot of people that are listening to this are maybe interested to work in esports, in gaming, maybe in uh, social media, in marketing, uh, whatever it is. What would be um, an advice that you would like to give the listeners? What do you think is an good way of um getting into the scene or what would you tell them to not do do you think it's necessary to i don't know have a diploma or like a bachelor or master's in anything or what advice would you give those people so honestly how say there is not much magic but there's a couple of base 
base things that you sort of need to take into consideration. So first of all, I would say, and I don't even know how to prioritize them better, but I would say first, be honest with yourself about your skills of what you want to do and what you're capable of, because it's the same like you want to be, I don't know, a videographer, but if you never had a camera, uh, never held a camera in your hand, it's very unlikely. So you need to make certain steps towards whatever you want to be doing. If you want to be managing teams, maybe you need to look into management course or maybe you need to start off in like a lower tier organization. So first, I would always say like you should identify what you want to do because there's no worse approach than I want to work in esports because mm-hmm. that says absolutely nothing because what's work in esports you could be like you know giving out flyers at an event which is fine but then you want to be part of events team and like travel to events and work at the booth which is a very cool job and lots of fun but it's very different from like working as a no video editor or like social media manager or a mm. designer um in reality right now in esports um and gaming in general all companies have quite let's say except for the competitive in esports and creators part all companies have the normal company structures more or less as real life companies <laughs> well, they're all real but like there is like you know finances hr legal marketing um all of these departments uh partnerships so if you like it depends on your also skill level if you just want to transition from uh, sales or partnerships in like a standard industry to need to the esports is not going to be a difficult shift um i think a lot of questions come from people who are just students or graduating and they're trying to figure out like how to navigate into esports if i'm studying i don't know like something else mm. so in that way still this advice is sort of relevant because you should try working towards what you're trying to achieve so if you want to be a social media manager make yourself visible on social media like start posting something it's really difficult like how say it's impossible for people hiring to see you if you don't have any like track record or if you don't post anything most of the video editors within uh, esports industry get jobs because of good edits that they post and you, they usually start doing it for someone like I never encourage free work for someone, but if you're like building your portfolio, like you have to be smart about it. When yeah. I started working in Fnatic back in the days, I didn't do that job for money at all. I needed an entry point. So you you need to figure out, maybe ask or like see if there's like a cool video production company or someone who looks for, I don't know, assistance and learn up a little bit. There's always opportunities for internship. I think these two um like basically honesty with yourself and then sort of like a targeted approach with action is everything you need but also like you know it's it's same like not everyone is good at everything like you said you're not a storyteller so maybe you should not pursue something that is not yours i think um yeah like I would probably not go to be a videographer. Yes, I know how to hold a camera, but I'm I know that there's better people than that. Mm-hmm. So, but but there's also no mistake in like, you know, in trying things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but you need to start somewhere. I think the only people who never get into esports and gaming who really want like 
are the ones who don't do anything. So if you do something, you usually make it eventually. And it's not that hard and it doesn't really require anything incredible. And sometimes for starters, it's enough just to start going to events and meet people, you know, as a fan. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. I think that's really good advice. So like, you know, like when you hear you say it, it sounds so simple and so logical. You're like, of course, of course, I should have thought (laughs) about that. But like now, now that you said that, I think back on how I phrased the question and I think about myself. What was I even thinking in phrasing that question? Like, I should have been so much more specific. But yeah, it, it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. And I hope that helps a lot of the people listening as well. Um, because I think if, if I would be in that situation where I say like, oh, yeah, I would like to be a social media manager um, or I would like to post, you know, for ERGs or something on their Twitter. Like, I see myself being the one that uh, posts the memes and keeps up with everything. Like... Even though it's so simple, I don't think I would have thought about like growing my own Twitter first, you know. But it it makes sense. Like obviously, you need to show them something you that you, sh- you that you did before. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and also sense. just just like a, an extra tip on social media, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think that social media is a lot about like um, Reddit and posting memes or like creating memes. It is, but in most of the organizations, there's also a big part where you need to have structure and good timing and to think a lot of things through. And this is not an optional part because the being social media manager or specialist is a job where you have to be extremely well organized, very responsible. And this is something that people forget, which I think it's, important to know because i don't think i mean maybe someday but there is no meme role in any company specifically right now usually those people also need to work on marketing campaigns and partner uh partner deliverables and you know have uh, correct uh writing skills like being generally very literate so you have to take that into consideration when you want to work in social media as well for sure oh my god there's so much so much to take into account but i think that was very 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 good advice i think the people that are listening and wanting to work in that is gonna gonna love that um i would say before we uh end today i would like to give you karina if you want to shout out your socials if you want to shout out friends or like a project you're working on or uh, the company you're gonna be adjoining with your colleagues or your friends uh, in the future if you want to shout out anything you can do that now cool thank you so much also i'm just uh wondering before i go ahead is the is my video lagging for you all the time yeah it is a little bit but i don't know why it's maybe the the website that we have the camera mine is as well right now huh yeah yeah i think it i think it is the website that we just wondering if it, i'm just wondering if it's gonna be the whole video like that i mean it's fine i think the most thing is gonna be anywhere that we have the audio line so the audio is not lagging so that is gonna be fine because the visual on the website is fine okay okay then then maybe it's my internet maybe it's nathan doing some things on the internet that i'm gonna Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have to scream scream at him i like how kelsey is looking at me now so i'm gonna go ahead oh yeah yeah. like bruh (laughs) so again for the people that are watching on youtube i'm sorry for the for the quality right now it it probably has something to do with my internet so i'm sorry 
Cool. Yeah, you so, can go ahead if you want. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, so first of all, well, I want to thank you guys for having me here. Uh, it's been a huge honor and pleasure. I was always a big fan, you know, looking up. And when I started in esports, there was this Austrian girl called Miss Rage. And it's like, oh, she's a cool influencer, you know. And I was like, wow, girls are really cool these days, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> so really really appreciate being here appreciate you know being able to call your friend this is so nice um i guess special shout out to kelsey who finally fell asleep and <laughs> stopped, the, fell asleep too. <laughs> st stopped the barking they exhausted themselves um in terms of shout outs i don't want to like I would love to give names, but I know that I always gonna forget one person who is very important and is gonna suck. So I'm just gonna give a shout out to all of my closest and dearest and the people who've been supporting me through this big transition in my life. Like you all know who you are. Most of you are in my Instagram close friends too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, um, to all like people who follow on Twitter, uh, that's my last name, Ed Zimenaita, and it's the same handle on Instagram and basically everywhere. Thank you guys so much for all the support, for all the kind words. And if you ever have like any questions or just want to run something by me, I'm actually always around and my DMs are always so much Aww. love. Thank you so much for that. And for everybody listening, we're going to be uh, obviously linking all of your social medias also uh, in the description of the YouTube video. So if you're listening on Spotify, you can head over to our YouTube channel and you will find Karina's socials there. And I can really, really, really recommend Karina. She's such a nice person. And again, like I know we, we haven't been talking tons and like all the time like every week or something like that but you know sometimes you just meet somebody it doesn't matter if you uh meet that person 10 years ago or like last week and you just click with that person and you like you just have this feeling that that person is uh on the right level and the right uh vibrations if you will um and that Same is the feeling up. yeah exactly and that's just the, the the feeling that i had when i met you back then um in Katowice and when Steffi and me were talking about which people we want to have on our podcast I was straight like I think the first person that came to my mind I was like I want to have Karina here please <laughs> oh guys so. you're so sweet thank you so much I really appreciate it and Steffi I hope it's not the last time we're coming <laughs> for the street food oh yeah that we're gonna would be come. so amazing <laughs> we're gonna yeah. we're gonna figure it out now so um thank you again everybody for listening um i hope you enjoyed this episode again you can find all of us um all of our social medias down below in the description and we're gonna hear each other in the next episode have a beautiful day bye Peace. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of the derps and burps podcast if you enjoyed it make sure to follow us on spotify youtube Twitter or Instagram at Derps and Burps. See you online.